0: Well, let's pray. Lord, thank you again for freedom, for being here, uh, a place that we can meet, for our food we had. Lord, for uh, just uh, knowing that we can trust you in our daily life. We ask your blessings upon your word this morning. Uh, Convict us, remind us, help us analyze where we are and be honest uh, that you could be glorified and that our lives could be changed. We ask you in Jesus' name, Amen. All right, we are uh, also having uh, the Lord's Supper on the twenty fourth of December. So if uh, if you missed that the last time, that's when it's going to be uh, the twenty fourth, which is, I guess that's the last Sunday in the month, isn't it? Is that right? Yeah, it ain't thirty one days, right? 30 is that right I never did learn that yeah that's what I thought 31 in December um I know you're supposed to learn that right how many days are in each month I don't really know why it's that important as long as you got a calendar <laughs> use your brain for something else that 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 you can't research I mean that you can't go back to you know if you've got stuff at your hand you can always look at there's no use in memorizing that part right Yeah, use that for something else. Anyway, this is not educational day today, not on what you should memorize. We're looking at the Lord's uh, manger scene birth today. We'll be looking at several of those during the now and the end of the month. In Luke chapter 2, it says there's no room in the inn. And and the question that we're going to look at this morning and all the things that affect that is, uh, is there room in, in my inn? my life. That's what that means. Um, so that's what we're looking at from, is there any room for Christ in uh, my end, in your end, in your life, in your decisions, in what you do with everything that you own? Uh, is there room for that? Or is there no room? In Luke chapter 2, it, it says, um, and it came to pass in those days that went out from the decree from Caesar Augustus, that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. That's where David was from. To be taxed with Mary as a spouse and wife, being great with child. And so it was. Now, while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes. And laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Uh, The background picture is actually a cave. Uh, There's a good chance that's where they were, uh, not in a house. Uh, A lot of times we see it as a, you know, uh, our mentality is it's a barn manger. There's a good chance it wasn't. Um, A lot of the animals stayed in small little caves in that part of the world. That's a good chance that's what they were. They were in a, uh, can you imagine how cool a cave would be at that time of year? that's where they were uh, because there was no room in the inn. On the first Christmas, there was no room for the Lord Jesus in the inn. For many, there's no room for Jesus in their life. Then or now. So every time you say, every time I say no room for Jesus in the end, it means your life. Okay? I don't mean just a, a, a place where they were gonna stay that night. I mean your life and your decisions. Where are you going to school, what are you gonna do, how are you spend your money, who are you hanging around with, everything has to do with the end is your life is there any room for Jesus in your life that's the question for the next few weeks now uh, people will be hysterical running back and forth trying to buy junk that won't last and uh, all made out of plastic and just in a frenzy uh, and not and don't know what to do I mean we know that's the way it goes right and that's what it is and we're going to see this is not by just circumstance or chance that Jesus didn't have a place to be when he was born. Uh, centuries prior, it was prophesied uh, by the prophet. This exactly is what was going to be, and that's why it is what it is today. That's why there's people in this room. You don't care if Jesus has anything to do with your life or not, and it shows. You know, anybody's paying attention and look and see if Jesus is important in someone's life or not. You say, "Were well, you judging me. No, I'm not judging you. Your own life is judging you, you know, and that's exactly what's going on here. It was a prophecy all of his lifetime, you know. For all of history, this cruel world, there never was or never will be a welcome place by and large to Jesus. Absolutely not in the world and unfortunately too many in people's lives in their own end. He was born in a stable he died outside of the city of jerusalem he was not buried inside he was buried outside Uh, some claim it was uh, actually a garbage heap crucified between two thieves outside everything's been outside jesus has always been on the outside he he never was on the inside he was buried in a borrowed tomb there there's really never been a place for him and we're going to see why is that way Isaiah said of this 700 years prior He is despised and rejected of men That's a general statement for everybody not just men women children everybody The world system has not improved much Did you know that Hello You know I was I was in high school just a few years ago <laughs> We played, We set a pleasant leagance to the flag. Did you know that? And somebody said a blessing before we went to lunch. Boy, isn't that strange? About every one of us had a pocket knife. I never remember anybody getting cut. Ever. Uh, strange how things change, isn't it? Don't think that somehow today it is better. And that the world has a better focus than they did. And the church surely doesn't. The church has gone down, unfortunately. The church has become more focused on the world than the world has become more focused on the church. So it's gone down. The opposite. There's never been any room, by and large, for the Lord Jesus. This is a good time for us to analyze. You know, where are we? A lot of times we talk a big game and we say a lot of stuff, but really it's kind of, well, okay. But it doesn't mean anything to us. Uh, Why? Why was there no room in Bethlehem? You know, Ephraim was the Old Testament word for Bethlehem. It's about 70 miles from Jerusalem. So they have to go, even if they have a donkey, it could probably take you two and a half days to walk it. She's pregnant over not smooth ground. If you've ever been in that part of the world, there's no smooth ground. There are rocks everywhere. If you've been watching The Chosen, they do a pretty good, they do a pretty good job at showing you. How did people get from point A to point B? They walked. They walked with sandals, you know. We're talking about a, a hard trip for a, a, a lady who's about to give birth because it says time she got there, she gave birth, so she was right on the verge of it when they left. Two and a half days. Why is that? The innkeeper didn't know that this was the promised child. He didn't know he was God in the flesh. He didn't know. That's why he didn't give room. Some of you know. Why don't you? Well, he's got an excuse. There are no excuses. You know, Look at, we're going to look at it. Ignorance is no excuse. People think that, well, you know, ignorance is bliss. It might be until you stand before Jesus. Then one day when you stand before Jesus, nobody else is going to be there but you. You know that, right? Nobody else. And and you're going to be standing in front of him, and you're going to try to make an excuse, and he's going to say, well, wait a minute. And he's going to show you in the highest tech possible, you think AI is high tech, He's going to show you every chance that you had, and there are no excuses. Ignorance is not one of them. You know, it is not. The shepherds knew. The wise men knew. Mary and Joseph knew. Anna and Simeon knew. How can they know? Huh? God speaks to those who want to know. Well, I don't want to know because I don't want Jesus in my life. Exactly. You don't want him in your end. That's where we are. Ignorance is never an excuse for not honoring the king of kings. There are no excuses. And ignorance absolutely is not one of them. Many today are ignorant of just who the Lord Jesus is. God's going to hold you accountable. Well, I don't want to learn anymore. If I'm going to be held accountable for, for what I know, you already know enough. You know? You can't unknow what you already know, so you're already in trouble, <laughs> right? God holds us accountable for that ignorance because if you seek him, you can find him. You can. He says, anybody who seeks me, he can find me. They did not simply know because they were careless well, this is really not important. Just, you know, just flippantly, we don't really think about Jesus being in control of our life. Very careless. A lot of people, you know, handle it that way. I think about it quite often. In the life of our church, how many people that we've had sign a card? We used to do that in the day before COVID. When we just try to use it to try to keep up with people. Uh, when I think back at all the people who were supposed to be committed to Christ. Over all those years, and I look at them and say, where are they? You know, what happened? You say, well, they're going somewhere else. Some of them are not because I know where they are, and they're not going anywhere. Jesus is not in their life. Their inn is not occupied by Jesus. It's by everything else. (laughs) The innkeeper, it was filled with people. Boy. Remember now, this this is a holy time of year. People are going to Jerusalem. For all kind of time, places, I mean, for all kind of reasons, but they're going to these places because it's mandatory. Thousands and thousands had to move around because of uh, Caesar's decree. So guess what? The inn is full. Don't you hate it when you've been driving all night and you stop at their reservation that you made and you go in and they say, I'm sorry, we don't have a reservation for you. How do you, how you respond? Well, where's the next one? Over there, everything's full. There's a big deal in town, don't you know? How you handle that? Well, it, it's not his fault. It's somebody's fault. I made the reservation, right? It ain't my fault. It's their fault. Somebody's fault. Oh, he, his pockets were full, buddy. Why? Because every night was filled up. The inn was full. And Caesar said that everybody needed to be moving and getting this done. So, boy, it is ching, ching, ching money time. Why? Because they need a place to stay. (laughs) That's what it meant. They're only thinking about the money of the season. Boy, a lot of that, isn't it? Everything you buy now is plastic. Doesn't last. Not worthless. I mean, it's worthless. Stuff you buy your kids two months from now, they don't even know where it is. Even if it survived two months. It's the shopping season, and the news. I wonder how it's going to be this time. Man, is it sales up? Sales down since COVID. What's happening now? This, that, all they care about is money. You know, I mean, right? Be careful we get sucked into that. That's what they're saying. Is it going to be better than it was last year? How was Black Friday? Was it big? Was it no? Was it down? What was it? I don't care anything but about money. That's what it is. You say, well, don't be so hard on the innkeeper. Why not? Well, number one, he didn't know, but there are no rooms. There was one room, his room. He could have given them his room, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) They used to tell the joke about a guy did the same thing. He made a reservation, and he shows up at the hotel, and they don't have his room. They've given him somebody. And uh, so he says, well, let me ask you what if the president came in here tonight? Could you find him a room? He said, well, sure, I could find him a room. He said, well, he's not coming. I'll take it. <laughs> he could have given him his room. Oh, Well, he ain't getting my room. Well, Jesus ain't getting first place in my life. He's not going to tell me who to date. He's not going to tell me how to spend my money. He's not going to tell me any of those things. No, 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 no. No, I don't want him in that end. See how? how see that See how that works. Oh, no, we want him at a distance. We don't want him in the inn. He could have given him his room. You know, I've even forgot who it was. Somebody this past week was talking to about this, this very issue. I don't think it was anyone in here. You know, there was a time when if someone came to visit you and there were not enough rooms, you gave them your room. That's just the way it was. Any of y'all old enough to remember that, right? It happened once when we were in uh, seminary while we were still on the campus. uh, And then we moved away and we were traveling three hours one way and we'd have to spend a night. And and we were the first couple to ever need a room uh, like that. So they said, well, nobody's ever needed that before, so we're not going to give it to you. They were a real spiritual bunch. And so Debbie would have to. We'd have to pack separate. She'd have to stay in a ladies' dorm. I'd have to stay in a men's dorm. It was just a hassle, big hassle, you know. And but one of our friends, who our, our friend today, uh, became friends while we were there. Said, "Y'all come spend a night with us." They were staying in some housing on the campus, which is very tiny. <laughs> I mean, if you've ever been up there, it is ridiculous. Then how small it was. They had three kids, so we said, "Okay, it was a lot closer and a lot easier hassle than on us." So we said, "Okay." Well, nothing to do, but that night they insisted, you're going to have to, y'all will take our bedroom. I said, oh no. Well, we did, but we never did it again. Because we were not about to put them out, and they just said, no, sir, you stay here, you stay in our room. That's just the way it was. We don't know what that is anymore. We don't want to be inconvenienced by anything. Surely we don't want Jesus telling us what to do. That's what that means. There's no room in the end. He could have given him his room. He didn't care enough. Well, he didn't know. Does it really matter who it is? You know? That's what it was. He could have given his room. <laughs> That's what Jesus wants, right? He wants your room. He wants your room. He, he, you can't answer for your wife or your children's room. He wants your room. That's the one he wants. He wants control of that one. There's always room for Jesus if you want to make room. You don't want to make room. People make excuses all the time. We do make them, don't we? We're just as callous or indifferent or careless as they were then. Just the same thing. I mean, and people who said, oh, yeah. We're just like that when it says there, are, there is no room. Because these are not excuses for not having room. For the Lord Jesus, there are no excuses. Well, you no, period, no excuses. That's what he says in Romans. Well, you got to feel sorry for Mary. I do, I do. Did any of you have your first child when you didn't have your mother there with you to have it? Two of you, three of you, four of you. Most, most. Want ladies would love to have their mother there for their firstborn child. She didn't. They didn't have anybody. Joseph didn't have anybody in the waiting room with him. He was by himself. You know, Mary has traveled. She's young. I don't know if you've never been there. That's kind of a deal. You know, I feel sorry for Mary. Uh, when when we had both of our kids, none of our families were there. They they couldn't be there. They would have loved to have been there. Just a whole a lot of things just didn't work out. So there was no men there with me. There was no ladies there with Debbie. Just us. Hey, you can make it. You know that, right? I know uh, that's what people like, but that's where she was. Nobody. And for him, he's by himself, sitting there dealing with it. Can you imagine what he's thinking? I can't believe I'm having my wife have this child here in this stable. Instead of me being able to provide what they need to be somewhere else. Man, that's a big deal. We don't we don't think about that very much, I don't think. How exactly this was, we would think, my goodness, God doesn't care for us if we had to go through that. We're entitled. Right? What does it cost you none to have a child? Wow. Up front, ten grand if you can get away, easy. If there are no complications. Hey, ain't that right? How would you like to do that? Some of you ladies can testify. Some of you young ladies who think you're entitled, go talk to some of these ladies who didn't have that. Maybe they can make you feel guilty for griping and complaining all the time. Hey? <laughs> well, how oh, you just, Yeah? It ain't nearly as bad as you think. Mm-hmm. You know? Joseph, bless his heart. You know... This was not an accident. Well, I feel so. God's been in control the whole time. How do you you think it was up to Caesar? God orchestrated this whole thing through the choices that Caesar could make because he needed Joseph and Mary to be in Bethlehem. This wasn't a freak thing that happened. Well, No, God's in behind the whole thing. Micah said that, right? But thou Bethlehem, Ephraim. That's an Old Testament word for Bethlehem. You know, look at it. You go down about 70 miles from Jerusalem, and there's a little nowhere place is where it was. I mean, uh, Nazareth. And then they go to Bethlehem, which is right outside of Jerusalem, about four miles. Among the thousands of Judah, yet of these shall come forth unto me, that is, to be ruler in Israel. And yet all these people said, we didn't know he was coming. Why? Not paying attention. That's why we don't give Jesus the first place in our life. We're not paying attention. We're worried about how much money we can make. We're worrying about somebody, relationship we can have with them. We're worrying about something that's not going to last. We're more concerned about that. Careless. So there's no room. (laughs) God had engineered this all the way down to him being there exactly in the right time and making this demand so that they would be there because all this had to happen so that Scripture would be fulfilled. That's what the whole deal was. God said, oh, no, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. And that's exactly what happened. The world never has had room for the Lord Jesus, ever, and it won't. But we have to be careful because we let the world sway us to where we'll stop thinking, well, it's really okay. And it's not okay. And, there will, well, Jesus understands, but he doesn't. But everybody thinks he does, and so we can just kind of freeload on his grace and get away with it, and it doesn't matter. It does matter, because you're going to be held accountable for it. You do know that, right? Well, this is not really a pleasant Christmas message. Yeah, it's a message that you need to know before you die, that you think about before you die. Why? Because this is reality. It's the same thing. Is Jesus in the end of your life, or is he not? Is he anything in control of it? Does he have anything to do with it? Nazareth, Jesus has been begrudged all of his life, from the day he was born to the miracles he did, to this day and time right now where people try to say, oh, he really wasn't Jesus. He really wasn't God. He really did no miracles. He really wasn't resurrected. The same thing. Nothing's changed. Why is that? The Pharisees begrudged him. Everybody begrudged him. Everybody had something against him. They did. The chief priests. Everybody. Everything. Everything that the Lord Jesus had upon this earth, men begrudged him. And we do too unconsciously sometimes and they still do it and we still do it <laughs> wow there's no room for jesus in the world's government wow boy is that an understatement there never was though by the way you know there wasn't room for him in the roman government unless you you could bow down to jesus if you bow down to everything else and right now if you if you bow down to jesus boy you're done You know, basically from a government standpoint, that's the way it goes. There's no room for him in the world system as we know it, as we operate. Look what uh, Isaiah says in Jeremiah. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. Psalms. They've never had room for Jesus. It's gotten a lot worse from our government standpoint in the last five years because you have demonic people in the places of leadership in our country. It's going to continue to get worse. You know, if you're in the government, I'm sorry. Maybe you're not one of those demonics, but that's what we have. I mean, that's just, unfortunately, uh, that's what's going on. King Herod, he tried to kill him. What did the Jews say? We have no king but who? Caesar. That's right. What an irony. Isn't that something? No room for Christ, but we got room for Caesar. We don't have room for Jesus, but we're going to let the government tell us what to do. (laughs) Lord, I hope you're not there. Bless your heart. We have a secularized our society to the point where everything is anti-God now. You can, you can believe in anything you want to, and the government will stand behind it and support it, but you cannot say Jesus and get away with it. The government. That's, I mean, that's a fact. Israel made this decision legally in 1990. It said that before this law was made, any Jewish person could automatically immigrate back to Israel and be a citizen. Here they made a decision. Any Jew coming back who believes Jesus was the Messiah cannot. How about that? If you believe Jesus is a Messiah, call, we call them Messianic Jews. No, you can't. You can be an atheist. You can be a, humanitar- a humanitarian, but you can't be a Jesus follower and automatically come back and be an uh, Israeli citizen. What about that? Why? Why? He came into his own, and his own received him not. That's why. That's why. How about the educational system? Anybody in the educational system? Woo! Bless you. The universities, they've been going down for about 40 years, and all the product of those 40 years are what's in the White House. They don't have enough sense to get out of the rain. They've been trained that way, and that's what you have. We teach evolution. We teach humani- We teach all the ungodly stuff. But boy, you can't have Jesus. Why? Because that's, that's breaking uh, what church and state. So there's no there's no there's no place for Jesus other than to mock him and make fun of him in any kind of educational system. That's a public system. That's a uh, public school system and the universities, even on so-called biblical universities. It's still stretched out there so far. You take a magnifying glass to find it. You know, it's just not there, and we wonder why. Can't, why are we in the mess we're in? You know, wh- you can talk, you can do anything in, in school now. They pass out all kind of ungodly stuff, but you can't be talking about Jesus, right? If you you have kids in the system, you know how that. You know that's how that is. There's room for everything, but Jesus. <laughs> Without a knowledge of Jesus. Education is just educated ignorance. That's, that's what it is. I mean, if, if you don't have the knowledge to handle the wisdom correctly, I mean, if you don't have the wisdom to handle the knowledge correctly, boy, it's dangerous. And that's, that's where we are, unfortunately. General Omar Bradley, he said this. He said, we're living in a time, this is a long time ago too. Boy, if he could see this now, Whoa. We're living in a time when our achievements, our knowledge of science, has gone far beyond our power to control it. AI, hello. What's he talking about? He's talking about aliens? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, actually. AI, artificial intelligence. You know, Meredith's writing a paper on that, that she's got to defend about all kind of stuff about it. And she said, why don't you, she was joking. She said, why don't you put in there AI stuff and let them come up with you a sermon? I said, you're right. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Even some of the people that I read now that are supposed to be conservative preachers and theologians, I have to edit their stuff to the max. You think I wouldn't have to edit that nonsense? AI? I don't know if you know anything about that. You have to be real careful. That's very dangerous. Elon and them are trying to keep some checks and balances in that thing. But if you're not careful, you'll have that old movie Eagle Eye. Anybody remember that one? When the computer started killing the president and everybody else because they saw them as a threat. I mean, we're talking serious stuff here, okay? That's what he's talking about. He's just way ahead of his time. We have too many men of science and too few men of God. We have brought about brilliance without wisdom. Ephesians says that. Pray that God would give you wisdom to handle the knowledge that he's giving you. You have to have wisdom to be able to apply knowledge correctly. And power without conscience. Wow. We are living in a time of nuclear giants and spiritual pygmies. Boy, he couldn't be any more true. And he's writing way in front of his time. For my people are foolish. They have not known me. They're Stoddash children, and they have no understanding. They're wise to do evil, but to do good, they have no knowledge. God's speaking to his own people through Jeremiah. Wow. (laughs) This is only half of it. The world's religion. You know what that is, right? Churches. How many churches today really believe that Jesus was God in the flesh? A fraction. How many believe that he has to die to pay the price for our sin? A fraction. You know, my luck. If I said, let me put in the first sermon, I'd get Joel Osteen's sermon. <laughs> or Annie Stanley or some of I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, that's the bottom. You know, in my book, that's the bottom. They sold out. But that's what the church is. By and large, the church in America has sold out. You know, there are a few that still talk about uh, the blood of Jesus and the substitutionary atonement. But don't don't be afraid if you walk in one and they never even talk about the name of Jesus. That's where we are. There's no place for it in the church. My goodness, we've got to welcome everybody. We don't want to offend anybody. We don't want to tell them that, you know, there's really no place for Christians to support the world that has no place for jesus we can be friendly but we can't condone it and we're not supposed to say it's okay in the most loving way we said no that's not right (laughs) no that's not right and you'll be cast out that's what jesus said he said if they hate me they're gonna hate you that's what's in the last part of this thing that we don't have time for doing that in the world's christmas christmas basically by and large is nothing but money and gifts from the world's perspective that's it right I looked up an issue that brought to my attention years ago when the, the government was starting to make some Christmas stamps. One of them they uh, designed was a picture of a window. and had a wreath in the window and then a candle in the wreath. And they were going to print it as a Christmas stamp. But some of them started complaining and said, Oh, no, 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 no. If you look, that, that wood frame in the window looks like a cross. We can't have that. So they discarded it. We're talking 40 years ago. What now, what now you think it is? Christmas is not about Christ at all. Christmas is about things, junky things. <laughs> ain't, right? ain't it junky? Yeah, even the metal you buy from Japan, it ain't any good. You think, well, my, it's not plastic, you need to see where it's made. You know, why? Because it's, it's junk. Isn't that right, Bobby? Buy some parts. And what are they? Junk. Why? So if you, a lot of this junk we buy is sure enough plastic. Do you think it's going to last? It's about money. It's about spending money. How much of the time do we get things we don't even want? We try to shove them off to somebody else, right? What they call that? Re-what? Regifting. Why? I don't want that. I don't want that. It's about money. I mean, that's it. (laughs) I want to go to the very end. What does all this mean to us? The only way you're going to find Jesus is outside. He's not in the world system. He's not in the world church. He's not in. If you're going to find him, you're going to have to step outside where the stable is, outside of all this stuff. If you're going to find him, and if you step outside and find him, the world's going to treat you the way the world has treated him. You will be an outsider. But as someone once said, the outsiders become the insiders. Hey, when all this is over, the outsiders become the insiders. Where is Jesus in your end? Well, I just don't, you know, I don't have time right now. You know, in the next two or three years, what if you're dead this afternoon? Well, don't be so morbid. I'm talking about It's a fact. That people kill all over the place every day. You don't have a chance to wait. You don't know what's going to happen. Well, I'm going to take a chance. Boy, that's a big risk in eternity. Is Jesus in your end? No, I don't have time. That's up to you. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you came after us. Thank you that you're patient with us. Lord, please convict us. Help us analyze where we are, what games we're playing, what are we putting in front of you, what's filling up our life that's not important. Father, help us sift through it and get rid of it and put you in the first place, not only for ourselves but for our families and for our community, that you'll be glorified and that people will want to know you. Lord, we just thank you that you love us and came as a baby, to die for us so that our sins could be forgiven. In Jesus' name, amen.